2 Corinthians chapter number 5. God has been so good to all of us. In this scripture tonight that God has given me, it may not mean one thing to you, but it does to me. Of course, every scripture in the Bible should mean something to you. There should be something in there you could gleam out of it for your own home, your own life, your own ministry. So in chapter 5, beginning in verse number 1, he said, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house, not made with hands eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we shouldn't, listen, we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Are you with me? Say amen. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf that we, notice this, that ye may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God. Or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. For the love of Christ constrain us because, notice this, we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Are you with me? Say amen. Wherefore, henceforth, knowing we know man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, 
Yet now henceforth know we him, notice this, no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Brother Terry has a blessing. Amen, amen. Now the thought that God laid upon my heart with this particular scripture, and I preached out of this scripture a lot, home is where the heart is. You look in chapter five, verse number one, and he said, for we know that if our earthly house, house can be a house but never be a home. A home is different than a house. Amen. Amen. You know, a lot of folks may not get this message tonight, but where is our heart? Our heart is at the house or is our heart on our home? A lot of folks have got their heart on the house and not the home. They're working for the here and now, not the hereafter. So he said there, if you notice, he said, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, what are you talking about? He said, we have a building. A building of God. Not just a building. (laughs) We are building our future, aren't we? That's what a lot of folks don't understand. They're taking time to build their future here but not hereafter. So a house may be all they ever have because there ain't no home in hell. There's never been a home in hell. Because a home, if if I understand anything about a home, it's a place of joy, a place of peace, place of safety, place that you can eat, a place where you can rest. And there ain't been none of that in hell ever. Not one drop of that's ever been to hell. So you can't say I'm going home if you're going to hell. You might say I'm going to the house. Can I remind you something? It wasn't built for you. That house was not built for you. That house was built for Satan and his angels. If you go, you go as an intruder. Has to enlarge itself. Now I got to thinking about the difference in a house and a home. And I had to go back and think about what we've all said here already tonight about our past. One time, 
Every building I was in was just a house. I've told it when I got saved, I come home and or come to the house and saw a home. I saw children I'd never really seen. I saw a wife I'd never really seen until I got born again and saved. I'm like Brother Richard said a minute ago, it's all about old Dennis. It's all about his desire and his pleasure. So I, I had a house, but I'd never made it a home. I built that house with my hands, but I'd never really made it a home till I took Jesus home with me. I didn't take Jesus to the house. I took him home with me. <laughs> he made a difference. And I got to thinking as I was looking at this scripture and thinking about it. A building, he said, of God. A house not made with hands. Eternal, he said. <laughs> I'm glad that he said that a certain dimensions of heaven, 1,500 mile cubic. Somewhere in that 1,500 mile cubic, he built me a home. A home where I can reside with him. A home where there'll never be no sickness. There'll never be no hunger. <laughs> I'm getting excited. Hope you are. There'll never be a funeral sign. There'll never be a doctor visit. There'll never be a late bill, a dark night, a hungry child, a hurting child, or a sick person. And I said it this morning, the only scars that'll ever be in heaven is in his hands. The scars that we have now that we've self-inflicted, when we strip off this old mortal flesh and put on immortality, we'll leave the scars of this world here. They won't follow us there. Boy, I'm glad for that, Brother Terry. When he helps me cross the River Jordan, he's going to strip off this old mortal flesh, put me in a new body, put me in a new home, in a place where I'll never... Listen, I've wanted to leave the house a lot of times. When you get to heaven, you won't ever want to leave there. <laughs> Ain't never going to be at no repair bill over there. And for you all that's cold, it'll be just right. For us that sweats a lot, it'll be just right. I don't know how he's going to work all that unless the new body that we got is regulated to the right temperature. Amen. Listen. <laughs> He said it is not going to be too hot, too cold. Never be dark over there. You never be hungry over there. There's no sickness, no weeping, no crying, no death. All of these things. Hey, it's got to be perfect. And for it to be perfect, we're going to have to take off the imperfect body that sin has lived in. I thought about our house. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been in some mansions. I have. I've been in some high-dollar homes. And I never did feel at home. I've been in some great big churches. Never did feel at home there either. I never did feel like I could dress good enough. Oh, you ain't going to amen. I'll amen it myself. 
You know you've been to churches where you fell out of place. But you'll never feel out of place in heaven. No, if God prepared you a place, you'll feel at home. That's the way the church ought to be down here. We ought to, I'll never forget what Brother Carl told me. The morning I came to church and he come back there and squeezed the life out of me. He said, son, just slide your feet up on the table and dine with us today. And I thought, boy, that's a good way to put it. He could look at me and tell I was an eater. I didn't weigh but 195 pounds then. Yeah. But he wanted you to be fed. He wanted you to feel comfortable. You think God wants you to go to heaven and be a sniff-necked? No, he don't. He wants you to have joy unspeakable and full of glory here. What's heaven going to be like when I get a glorified body? There won't be no tiredness. We'll never get tired of praising him. We'll never run out of breath, amen. We'll never have to sit down and go to sleep. Oh, Lord, I'm getting excited about that already. I never have to hold the garden. <laughs> go to work. <laughs> that ought to get you excited just thinking about that. You get hungry, just reach up. Tree of life and get you some fruit needed. Amen. Feel like taking a bath, go down to the river. By the way, you ain't never going to be dirty enough to take a bath. <laughs> you hadn't thought of that one, had you? Well, surely we'll begin to stink. No, you ain't going to sweat. No, you're going to have a glorified body. See, you, you've been thinking carnally. This old carnal body. <laughs> I told this to a guy one time. He got madder than a bull at me. He said, I'll have you to know, preacher, I'm not made out of the dirt of this earth. I said, friend, you was made out of less than that. You was made out of the dust. He puffed up. He said, prove it to me. I said, look right around your collar. I pulled my collar out like that. When you sweat, don't you have a ring around your collar? That's that dust added with a little water made ring around the collar. I thought he was going to whoop me. Yeah, he didn't like it. See, he didn't want to lower himself down to be the dust of the earth. That's what we was made out of. That's where this flesh is going back to, to the dust of this earth, amen. Hey, we're recyclable. <laughs> Some of it don't grow back. <laughs> you ain't going to need this body again. So it might as well go back to the dust. Oh, you'll shout tonight when you get to thinking about it. He said this tabernacle there in verse 1. In verse 2 he said, For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. If I could get us to think of anything tonight, I want you to think of this. I sure don't want God to find me naked. I want him when he comes to find me covered by the blood. If you're covered by the blood, you'll never be naked. He's got a house that's going to make a home for all who want to come. Everybody got on the boat that wanted on the boat. 
there was room for every single person that wanted on the boat until the storm came. Wonder how many's in hell tonight wishing they could get out. But the door's been closed. Is your house a home? It ain't if Jesus ain't first in it. Are you with me? Say amen. In verse number six, he said, therefore we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in this body, we are absent from the Lord. This will help somebody. There's a lot worse things than dying in this body. To ever get to heaven, you're going to have to leave this body to go to heaven. See, folks, I hadn't grasped that quite yet. To get to heaven, you have to leave this mortal flesh. So if you think about it, we have to leave this house that we're residing in so we can get a home that's eternal in the heavens. And if you think about it, as he said there in that verse, home in the body. You know, I know a lot of folk would rather live in this body than go to heaven. I want to tell you something. From the day I was born, this body's given me trouble. Hello? You may look at me and say, boy, he looks stout as a horse. Yeah, I eat like one too. But every horse has afflictions I was born with asthma and had to prop me up when I was little so I could breathe tonsils nearly killed me till I was 22 and had them cut out yeah this body's giving me a lot of trouble oh yeah I like residing in this body I mean if you had a body like this you'd like it too I, I know you would love to just stay in this body. But wouldn't you like to have one better? Now think about that. Well, how are we ever going to get a better home? The Bible said you must be born again. You must be. That's a positive statement. You're not going to heaven unless you're born again. So as long as you're totally satisfied with this house, You'll never get home. When you begin to realize this house, I was talking to a gentleman, an elderly gentleman, just this week, and we was talking about aches and pains. You get around people 60 and 70 year old, that's one of the biggest conversations. <laughs> Who's got the worst ache and the worst pain? And we were talking about most of ours was self-inflicted. I said, aren't you glad that God's going to give us a new body. And we can get this and laid to the side and get into that new body. And as <laughs> Solomon said, and I told this gentleman that, I said, I look back on my life and all that I'd done before I found Jesus was vanity. No wonder Solomon could say that. All is vanity and vexation of spirit. 
All is vanity. Look back on our lives. The time that we wasted. The time that we could have been winning souls and we were more interested in this house. Not this house, but this house. What we wanted then and now. We didn't realize we was building a place eternal, whether it's in heaven or hell, it's eternal. And I remind you again, there's never been a home in hell. Ooh, we don't like to think of that. But as long as we're home in this body, how will you ever find the Lord? When you look in the mirror, do you see perfection? There's never been a house built yet. And we were talking about it last night about the Biltmore house. Even it has imperfections. Even it has imperfections. There's never been a place built that was totally perfect. But there is a perfect place for a perfect people. (laughs) Whoa, I ought to make you shout thinking about that now. And the only way we'll ever be perfect is for to be born again and Jesus living inside. And when we strip off this immortality, we'll inherit the kingdom of God. 1,500 mile cubic and it's one home. A home in heaven above. Woo! Won't that make you happy tonight? He said, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. My precious mother, that horse fell on my leg and I was running temperature and I was to be baptized that Saturday and preach that Sunday. And I was running 102 and 103 degree temperature, sometimes almost 104. My precious mama called me and said, son, don't go in that water. That might kill you. See, what mama was worried about was this house. She didn't know I done had my residence changed. <laughs> I said, mama, I'm going in the water Saturday. If it kills me, graveyard dead. She began to snub a little bit. That's her boy's. She didn't want her boy to die. She, she loved this old house. She nurtured this house. She brought this house into this world. And she come to see her boy baptized. God is my witness. Some of you were there. I went in with the temperature and the instant the water hit me and they baptized me, the temperature left. That's a fact. Tell me that God wasn't in that. See, Satan said, let me just make him sick and he won't go in there. See, what Satan didn't know was, I didn't care nothing about this house no more. (laughs) Hey, I had a better place to go and a better person to go with and a better time ahead. So why would I want to hang on to this thing? Went in there and was baptized. Preacher Carl come to me that Sunday. My leg got big around. He said, now son, if you can't get up, I will understand. I said, preacher, I'm going to the pulpit if it kills me. I made it to the pulpit, but the crutches didn't. 
<laughs> Honest to goodness, you'll have to ask Joe and them what happened after that. I don't remember just bits and pieces here and there. And for about an hour, me and God got together. <laughs> Had an out-of-body experience. I left this house for a while and got in with him. <laughs> and God was so good. When I come to myself, I was sitting in the chair behind the pulpit. <laughs> I mean, I was killed. Five in the altar. Church is shouting. See, everybody got out of the house just a little while. Set in heavenly places just a little while. That's what we need every once in a while. Get out of this house. Get into those heavenly places. He said we could. But you got to get out of the house to get into those heavenly places. As long as you're happy in this body, you'll never fully walk in the presence of God. And when you get tired of this body, God will show up in your presence. How many has ever been in the hospital sick and afflicted? God showed up. I like for had a tape of what went on down there. Friday evening after my surgery. I'd like to have a tape of Terry Gardner trying to lead him to the Lord and him under anesthesia. I've been around him long enough to know his jaw's flapping at both ends, but he's telling about the same old story. Amen. I just wonder what that second floor thought down there at the Fry Hospital when I got to singing, got to shouting and praising the Lord. The nurse was a crying. The girl that brought in the food was a crying. The girl that's taking my blood pressure was crying. Why? Because God come in the house for a little while. <laughs> you ever had that experience? Boy, if you ever get a taste of that. You ever get a taste of that, you won't be found naked. You'll be covered by the blood. But he said there, if you look at it, we are at home in the body. You know why we're at home in this body? That's the only thing we've known. This is our residence and we think a lot of it. And it's hard because we look through a glass darkling and we don't fully understand what God's talking about, a new body. Yeah, we sing about it, we shout about it, but we don't fully understand that. That's really beyond our comprehension what God's trying to tell us and show us. Yeah, we can get those heavenly places a little while. But let's think about this. You're still in the mortal flesh and it feels that good. What's it going to feel like when you get a glorified body? Woo! I'm talking about a body with no limitations. <laughs> Chris will be a world-class sprinter in his new body. You'll just hear woo every once in a while as he's running that 1,500 mile. Woo! <laughs> as he's coming through. He'll be slim and trim as a racehorse. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. (laughs) 
a good mind. He won't have no aches and pains whatsoever. You know one of the best things about getting a new body? We'll never remember this old. Because <laughs> if you remember this old and you'd have regrets and sorrows. When God's gonna wipe that away and give us that glorified body, it'll all be in our past. Hey, we wrestle with that now. We still wrestle with our past because we're in this house. And this house reminds us of our past. <laughs> but I want to remind this house of my future. <laughs> I'm going to be present with the Lord in a place where joy is unspeakable and truly full of glory. I'll never ever run out of juice over there. He'll be shouting and praising and glorifying God. Look out, river of life. I may run or dry, brother, running through it. I'm jumping over the tree of life and grabbing some fruit and down the road again. Why? Because I can. And in between all of that, <laughs> he ain't spent one second yet. Because time has no limit in that place. <laughs> Woo, that'll make a Presbyterian shout. Where will you be? Where will you be? He said in verse 8, we are confident, I say. And willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. That's a very important verse right there. Yes, we're in this old house, but we're still in the presence of the Lord. And we ought to thank him that we can feel his presence in this present house. I ain't home yet. But this ain't a bad place to reside. <laughs> I know there's a lot of people envy a body like this. I know they are. You think about it. Has anybody ever asked you. How can you be so happy? I've had people at church ask me that. How come you shout all the time? How can you be so happy? I know where I'm going. I know who I'm going with. I know what's going to be there when I get there. So why shouldn't I be happy now? I'm just on my way. <laughs> I'm just on my way. One of these days I lay this old body down and for God's sake, don't cry over it. Shout it out. He made it. He made it. He made it. See, we got this thing backwards. We're to cry when they're born. Thinking about all the troubles and trials and tribulations they'll have to go through before they leave this world. And the sad thing of it is, a lot of them will never accept Jesus. We don't like to say that. We don't like to admit that none of our family went to hell. But friend, I remind you, Hell's enlarging itself. So somebody's going there. It ain't just the Taliban either. It ain't just the Chinese or the Japanese or the Mongs. Or, it's everybody. Has the same opportunity to go to heaven or go to hell. 
Yes, they do. Where will you be when you're absent from this body? Where will you be? Well, whether you're going to heaven or hell, you're going to be in the presence of God. See, that's a part a lot of folks don't get either. I'm trying to close now. Just stay with me. When you die, saved or lost, you're going before God. You're going to be judged with every deed done in your body, whether good or evil. Now, I want to say this to all us church folk. You ain't always done good. I don't care how good a church member you are, you've still sinned and come short. Can I as the pastor admit to that tonight without being voted out as pastor? I've had people say, oh, you should never say that, and you the pastor. What makes me any different than anybody else? Same old fleshly tabernacle I live in, you live in. Same temptation. Jesus was tempted with the very same thing. So don't try to put yourself on a high horse like you're totally perfect. I can assure you, I could point out some things you need to improve in. He said, we are confident, say, and rather willing to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted by him, of him. You know something tonight? A whole lot of church folk think they got saved and that's all they got to do. The truth of it is we need to prove we're saved by the way we live. And if this house truly changed and became a new creature, it's got a different look to it. It's got a different talk, a different walk. Your actions will be different. Why? Because you changed residence inside. If you just changed it up here, you're still lost. You can come to church and put on the best act it ever was. You can dress that old house up and it looks real good. Three-piece suit, carry a great old big Bible, be faithful at church, and still be lost. Where will you be when you're absent? From this body. And let me remind you. We're all going to be absent. Let, let me remind you something. That the Lord brought up this morning. While I was having my benefit. Ruth left full. And she said. I've come back empty. Now there, there's just a couple of things. I want to say there. And we'll go to the house. First of all. She left full. She had a husband. She had two sons. And she left and went down there. And she shouldn't have been there. We've all done those things. And she come back and she said, I went out full and I've come back empty. But there's something you need to see there. God let her come back. God let her come back. God let her come back and it was a process to fill her back up. (laughs) 
Whoa! I never forget, I had a church members out of church for a long time. I'm talking to them three years right here. Came back to the Lord and Brother Ken Brady and I was talking and I was telling him, I said, one of the brothers come back. He said these words to me. He said, treat him just like he'd never left. That's wise wisdom words right there. That's very wise. Because sometimes we want to hold it over people's head. And we choke them right back out. And that's stuck with me ever since Preacher Ken told me that. Treat him just like he'd never left. Ain't you glad God treated you that way? When the father saw the son coming down, what did he say? Get the calf, get the best robe. My son, which was dead, is now alive. What's he saying? He was dead. He's back home now. Get the fatted calf, get the robe, get the ring, get some shoe, put on that boy. Why? Because it's just like he never left. But see, you and I would say, why he wasted his daddy's stuff. Can I remind you of something? Daddy did not have to give it to him. (laughs) Daddy didn't have to give it to him. Hey, the daddy was in charge there. Hey, it ain't like today when a little spoiled, snotty-nosed brat says, I got to have it, and you run out and get it. Oh, you don't like that. I know you don't. But that's the way it is today. Whatever they lay down the floor and kick and scream about, you run out and get her. Well, it wasn't so in that day. And by the way, he wasn't the oldest. But God let him come back. Aren't you glad that God's got a home for you? I want to say this as we're closing tonight. It doesn't matter if you've ever been born again or you're born again and backslidden, cold and indifferent on God. You can come back home. You can come back home. You know what I'd like to see one time here? Listen to me carefully. This is my heart. I'd like to see everybody that's sat in this church over the years that's not in church now. If they're at another church, they can stay there. But what about those that ain't in church at all that used to sit on these church pews? Wouldn't you like to see them come home? Wouldn't you like to see them get back in God's good graces? Get out of the house they're living in and come home to the Lord. We'd have to build a bigger church. We'd have to build a bigger church. Why? Why? Because there's too many sitting at the house. It should be at home. Let us stand. Naomi said, I went out full and I come back empty. Don't call me Naomi no more. See, what she wanted to be referred to is what she was. Let me refer to you tonight of what you can be. You can be a Christian. 
a true Holy Ghost filled Christian if you'll just come home. Just come home to the Lord and tell God, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And the Lord with those nail-scarred loving hands will reach out and take a hold of you and bless you tonight. Father, speak to the heart of the people that's here tonight. Speak to them with a clear voice. May those that's hearing my voice by the airwaves, God, do the same. Lord, some of them right out there needs to come home. God, they know that God's got a place right here at Charity Mission for them. And they've been absent. They've not felt the joy. They've not felt the fellowship. Maybe Satan's thrown them a curve. Maybe somebody here at church hurt their feelings, God. I've been hurt a lot of times at church. So I can honestly say, church folk, we'll hurt you. So God, forgive us, we pray, if we've hurt anybody, that, Lord, they'll come back home to you. God, if they don't want to go here, help them go somewhere under the sound of preaching the old King James Bible. God, that they can be in right fellowship with you. That's what we're concerned about, our eternal home for them. So God, help us in the days ahead. We're still in that love thing. Let our voice encourage. So may what I've said here tonight encourage somebody back to the house of God. Thank you for my people that's here tonight. Bless them, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.